come and you preach to us tonight, okay? Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Larry. I appreciate your kind and encouraging words. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here tonight on this uh, New Year's Eve as we, as we turn the page of life. 2023 uh, is behind us. And yet there is still, uh, there's still about 43 minutes left. And that's enough time for Jesus to come, isn't he? He can come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, but uh, 2023, if he doesn't come, is about to be behind us. And even if he does come, it'll be behind us. And 2024 is ahead of us. I'm grateful to be here on this occasion. I came to stay and to pray and preach and sing the new year in. And I'm grateful that I could do so with friends like you. Uh, this church has been a friend for a long time. Because Brother Larry just described, we've been brothers and, and uh, fellow laborers and pastors and preachers for many years. And uh, I've uh, walked with him through a lot of what God has done here. And uh, I'm thankful for, for you, Brother Larry. I love you and appreciate you, your faithfulness. When I think of Larry at Lafayette, I think of faithfulness. And when I say that, what I mean is when it's not been easy to be faithful, he's been faithful. And he's just followed the Lord wholly. Kind of reminds me of Caleb of old who said, I want that mountain. He said, I have wholly followed the Lord all these 80 years. And Brother Larry has. And I've watched uh, this church uh, through the years. I've seen it go through the storms, trials, and the tribulations. And yet I've seen God bless faithfulness in staying with the stuff. And I want to encourage you to that end tonight as we go into 2024 just to stay with the stuff. Amen. Keep preaching the Bible, singing the songs of Zion, passing out gospel tracts, telling people about Jesus Christ, telling them that he's coming because he is coming. You keep doing that and, and one of these days soon we'll see him. We shall behold him. So thank you, Brother Robert, for the message. Appreciate your faithfulness as well. We support Brother Robert as well at, at Parkwood, as y'all do here, and I read his prayer letters often, and I rejoice in many of the stories that I've read, and some of them he even told tonight uh, in his prayer letters, and uh, so we pray for you, Brother Robert. Wanna, I want to also ask your prayers for us as we go into 2024 for about seven years now on February the 1st. I've been traveling full time in the ministry of missionary evangelism, and uh, and uh, we 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 uh, I, I preach different kinds of meetings and go different places, but our focus is on missions. That's where our focus is. And this year, in February, I'll be leaving. The first two weeks of February, I'll be going to the land of Turkey, the country of Turkey. Right now, the fastest growing church in the world is in the country of Iran. Believe that or not. It was China, but now it's Iran. There's a lot of people being saved and a lot of people being converted in the country of Iran, right in the jaws of the devil himself. Yeah, that's right. 
and uh, and uh, many of them have had to leave Iran due to persecution or due to just not wanting to live in an Islamic society. And they've gone to Turkey. Turkey has taken them in. They speak Farsi. And I'm going with a guy named Kent LeBeau. Kent is blind, but he's been a missionary to the Middle East for the last 20 years. His brother, Kurt, is also blind, and he's the one who wrote that song, Give Him the Glory. Give Him the Glory. I'm sure you've heard that song. We're going to the, we're going to the uh, town of Denizli. We're going to land in Istanbul, fly to Denizli in the south, and we're going to be preaching, believe it or not, at the Colossi Baptist Church. Now, if you know the book of Revelation, you know that there were seven churches in Asia Minor. Asia Minor is the land of Turkey. The first four days, we're going to be engaged in an evangelistic meeting. We'll be preaching evangelistically. We'll be going into the parks and the public places, passing out tracts, inviting people to come. And then after those four days are over, uh, we cannot go on a missionary visa. We have to go on a tourist visa. So we'll be visiting the sites of some of these seven churches. We'll be going to Ephesus. We'll be going to Laodicea, Heropolis, Smyrna, these different places to see these sites where these churches were that Jesus addressed in the book of Revelation. But you pray for us because that's right next to the land of Israel, Lebanon, a lot of the stuff that's going on. But I've prayed about it. I have a real peace in my heart to go. I want to see what the Lord is doing with these Iranian people. There are three churches that have been started in Turkey amongst Farsi-speaking people. And I want to go see it. I want to experience it. And I want to do what I can do to support it and help it and encourage these people. Uh, Paul said this in jail in Rome, in house arrest. He said, these bonds have happened for the furtherance of the gospel. But the word of God is not bound. Amen. It's not bound. Brother. They can't lock it up. They can't persecute it. They can't, uh, they can't uh, kill it. The word of God is not bound. It liveth and abideth forever. Amen. Forever. So you pray for us to that end. We've got a big year planned. I'll be going to Europe. I'll be going to uh, back to Puerto Rico and hopefully on to Africa. You pray for us. We've got a big year planned. We'll be preaching. Uh, last year I traveled 45 out of 52 weeks. 45 out of 52 weeks. And that looks like the way this year is shaping up. And when I tell you that, I tell you that just to pray for us. Just to remember Joni and I in prayer. The book of Matthew chapter 6. Now, it's, 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 it's 1125 and we want to be praying somewhere around 10 minutes to 12. We want to be praying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this as quickly as I can. Matthew chapter number 6. For the sake of time, I'll just read verses 19 through 24. I'll read verse number 33 and give you the heart of this chapter. We do know that the greatest preacher that ever preached was the Lord Jesus himself. Yes. And we do know the greatest message that was ever preached is the message that is recorded explicitly here in Matthew's five 
chapter 5 through 7, and also in the book of Luke in a shorter form. Matthew is very explicit in his detail of this message. And chapter 6 is the heart and the core of this message. And I want to delve into that just for a little bit tonight. Lay not up for yourselves treasures, treasures. Now, he could be talking about money, and no doubt he is, but he's talking about more than money. He's talking about the things that we value. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where... Your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your heart tonight? This is what Jesus is asking. The light of the body is in the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Then look at verse 33. Now, verses 25 to 34 are connected in context to verses 19 through 24. We know so because of the word therefore, the Lord Jesus is summing up what he just said and he's drawing a conclusion and making observations. And he says in verse number 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me just give you the heart of what Jesus is saying here and then I want to expound upon this chapter for a bit. Now I'm not much for New Year's resolutions but I will say this, dearly beloved, going into the new year, it would be a great thing for all of us to adopt the heart and soul of what Jesus is saying here. And in essence, what Jesus is teaching us in chapter 6 is for you and I as Christians, you and I as believers to learn how to live our lives with an eternal perspective to learn how to live our lives with eternal priorities and eternal values. And the reason why is because as human beings, even for saved people that know the Lord, there is such a tendency to be focused on the temporal instead of the eternal. 
As a matter of fact, in the first 18 verses of this chapter, Jesus is rebuking the idea of externalism. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, Jesus is rebuking, dearly beloved, this idea or this tendency on our part to, to live for the temporal praises of man instead of the eternal reward from God. To live our lives because we know men are watching to live our lives to impress men instead of living our lives to please God. That's called externalism. There's basically three areas where Jesus rebukes this in the first 18 verses. Number one, the area of our alms or, or the area of our giving. He makes it clear that the Pharisees love to bring their gifts into the synagogue for everybody to see so people would be impressed with them and brag on them. But Jesus said, you don't do that. He said, when you give, you don't give to be seen of men. He said, you don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Or right. one preacher say sometime, if my left hand was doing as little as yours is, I wouldn't want my right hand to know it either. <laughs> but Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You're not doing what you're doing to be seen of men because if men brag on you, that's the only reward you'll ever get. He said they have their reward. That's right. There'll be no reward waiting for you in heaven. Then he teaches the same thing about praying. He goes from giving to praying. In this chapter, I'm, I'm not going to take you to the verses. We don't have time. I don't have time to teach the whole chapter tonight. But he says, don't be like the Pharisees who love to pray these lofty prayers so they can be heard of men. They love to pray these impressive words. He said, no, when you pray, you go into the closet. You pray to your father, which is in secret. I've pastored for quite a few years. I pastored for 37 years. And there have been a few people over the years where I was sorry that I called on them to pray because they were talking to anybody but God. Some of them were trying to talk to their wife or their husband or some other church member. Jesus said, you go into that closet and you pray to your father in secret and he'll reward you open. But not only does he deal with the area of giving and praying and this idea of externalism, but he deals with the area of fasting. <laughs> he said all those Pharisees, those religious people, they love to dishevel their hair and disfigure their faces. They love to appear to men to fast. <clears throat> but Jesus said, you don't do that. You don't try to appear to men to fast. You do the, you, you fast for the glory of your Father which is in heaven and one day he'll reward you for that. Externalism. 
And all that Jesus has to say about this matter of externalism is summed up in the, in the text that we read tonight. And here's the nail I want to drive home tonight. Here's the heart and the soul of the message. For 2024, I want us all, dearly beloved, tonight to embrace the thought or the idea to cease to live our lives for temporal rewards and, and for temporal values and priorities and to get our eyes on Jesus Christ. And in 2024, whether it's our giving, whether it's our praying, whether it's our fasting or whatever part of your Christian life that it is, live it for the glory of God, not for the praise of man, but for the reward of heaven. Yes, Amen. itself yes. <clears throat> and to that end and in order to drive that nail home tonight I want to give you three thoughts that Jesus gives us in these verses that I read I think you'll see with me tonight, first of all, that Jesus gives us an, an admonition. There is a very clear warning that Jesus gives us in verse 19 and verse number 20. And what is it? I want you to notice in verse number 19, he uses the phraseology, lay up. Verse number 20, he once again uses the phraseology, lay up. You know what that word or that phrase lay up means? It means to invest. <laughs> it means to invest. It means to send ahead. And brother, here's the admonition. Here's the warning that Jesus is giving. Don't, don't send ahead of you and, and don't invest in earthly things and in temporal things. You know why? They won't last. They won't carry on into eternity. They won't merit you any reward or the pleasing of our Father which is in heaven. But rather, instead of investing in temporal things he says invest in eternal things send ahead of you into eternity those things that are going to last not those things that are going to wither like the grass and fade like the flower but those things dearly beloved that on the other side my friend you and I will receive reward for and the greatest reward we could receive is to hear him say, well done. Amen. Thou good and faithful servant. Here's the admonition, not only that Jesus gives us, but the admonition I want to leave you from verse 19 and 20 tonight, and that is to warn you about the danger of being too focused on the temporal being too focused on the carnal, being too focused on the earthly, 
being too focused on the worldly and wrapping our lives around that because friend I've preached a lot of funerals and I've never seen anybody take any of that with them but the only thing that will last is that which you and I invest that which you and I send ahead dearly beloved that is wrapped my friend in the values of eternity and the priorities of eternity But he not only gives us an admonition, but he draws us a conclusion. Very interesting. What he says in verse 21, for where your treasure is. Remember, lay up treasures, not on this earth, but in heaven. Where those treasures are, is where your heart's going to be. I'm just simply saying tonight, here's the conclusion that Jesus draws here. That is, dearly beloved, that the investments we make speak volumes about the condition of our hearts. You know, I've heard a statement down through the years, you can't judge me you don't know my heart. Well, no, I don't know it like God does, but I'll tell you what we can know about people's hearts. All you got to watch is what they value, what they invest in, what they give their time to, their talents to, and their treasures to, and it speaks volumes about whether their heart is in eternal things or in temporal things. He speaks volumes about whether their heart is in heaven or on this earth. <clears throat> but then Jesus leaves us with an exhortation. And here it is, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now what is this exhortation? He's simply telling us that when you and I seek heavenly things, when you and I prioritize eternal things, when you and I invest our lives, dearly beloved, not in that which is temporal, but in that which is eternal, one day on the other end and on the other side, my friend, it's going to come back to you, amen? It's going to pay great dividends. And not just in heaven, but here on this earth as well. Now, let's go back through that. I left my watch up there. What time is it? 22. 22. Let's go back through that. And let me enhance it a little bit. Let me expound upon it. What do we see about this admonition that Jesus gives us? Well, I think the first thing we need to see is the people he's talking to. Lay up for your... Lay up not for yourselves, but lay up for yourselves. Who is the people he's talking to? He's talking to you. 
He's talking to me. He's talking to us. Hey, folk, I'm not preaching uh, about people tonight out there in the world, and I'm not preaching to people who are in other churches. I'm preaching to my heart tonight. I'm preaching to us tonight. I'm preaching to you tonight, dearly beloved. And this admonition and this warning tonight is for all of us collectively and each one of us individually. Oh, that God would get a hold of our hearts tonight and shake us loose from these temporal values that bind us and give us the grace of God to help us walk with an eternal view and eternal values and live our lives for the cause and the sake of eternity. But let me go further with that. Not only do we see the people he's talking to, but the place he's talking about. This matter of investment this matter of sending ahead, this matter of vesting ourselves in, losing ourselves in it, giving ourselves to it. He says, lay your treasures up not on this earth, but in heaven. A place that is eternal. A place where God alone lives and rules and reigns. A place one day where we're going to spend eternity. All oh, the song writer wrote it clear when he said, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. What world are you living for tonight? I'll tell you the world you're living for, the one you're investing in. I'm not saying it's wrong to invest in stocks and bonds, but brother, that ought not to be our priority because whether it's a bull market or a bear market, it's gonna come to nothing. The only thing that's gonna pay you back in eternity is that which is done for the glory of God. Amen. Not only do we see the people he's talking to and the place he's talking about, but we see the permanence he's talking of. I'll tell you why we ought to heed this admonition. I'll tell you why we ought to take seriously this matter of investing or vesting ourselves in eternal things because it's the only thing that's permanent. It's the only thing that's going to last. Down through the years, I've seen poor people die, and I've seen wealthy people die. Nothing wrong with having wealth. What's wrong is when wealth has you. But I've never looked down in the casket, never seen them take a bank book with them. They'll be writing no checks in the grave. They'll be making no purchases in the eternal realm. No, sir, it goes no further than right here. And you know what's going to happen? Well, now the government's going to get most of it if you don't have a will. I'm afraid even if you do have a will, they're going to get most of it. Or it may go to some ungrateful children. 
I stand amazed at how Sam Walton wouldn't even sell liquor in Walmart and now his children have taken it over and they've pretty much apostatized the whole place. Truman Cathy, the owner of Chick-fil-A, wouldn't open on Sunday. And the one day the financial world tried to persecute him until everybody not to go, it was the largest retail day ever recorded in the history of our nation. God honored that man for closing that restaurant on Sunday and honoring God with the first fruits of all that he made. And now his children are tinkering with the idea of going woke. I find it amazing, dearly beloved, it's not money's fault, it's our fault. How possession, money, materialism, and things can so attach itself to us, dearly beloved, that we almost become bonded to that which is temporary. But Jesus said it's not permanent. He said moth and rust will corrupt it and thieves will break through and enter. Now, I, I'm not very much on technology. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not bragging on that. I just have no desire for it. I have no desire to know everything about you. Right. And you certainly don't need to know everything about me. There is something to be said for privacy. But, I, you know, for a while I tried putting my card in a gas pump and I got my identity stolen three times. Oh, if you knew who I feel, felt, how I felt about that, you wouldn't even want to hear me preach. <laughs> I can't stand a thief. I despise a thief. Yet our churches are full of people who rob God every Sunday. That's right. And three times I had to take all my automatic transactions and redo them to another credit card where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through. And then Jesus said, don't invest there. Invest in heaven. (laughs) Invest where there are no thieves. There is no moth. There is no rust. There is no corruption. Live your life with eternity in view and spend your life and be spent for the cause of Christ and send on ahead of you those treasures one day. One day that will merit you reward in heaven. But then he draws us a conclusion. He says where your treasure is, the things you invest in, your investments speak volumes about the condition of your heart. Let me give you three thoughts and I'm done. Number one, it proves what your heart is full of. Self of the Savior. Light or darkness. Look what he says here, if you would please. In verse number 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Let your eye be single. 
and cast your eye upon the light that you'll be full of the light. I'm afraid there's some people tonight that have been invaded with the clouds of carnality and areas of darkness fill their hearts and fill their lives. Jesus is saying to you and I, what we really stress, what we really prioritize, what we vest ourselves in proves what our heart is full of, whether it's full of God or full of mammon. Ourselves. It proves who our heart is following. No man can serve two masters, verse 23 or verse 24. He'll love the one, hold the one. He said very clearly, either hate the one, love the other. He'll hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God, mammon. But it proves where our heart is focused. You see, in verse number 33, he said, but you seek, be focused on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because on the other side of that coin, in verse number 32, he was talking about temporal things like food, water, and clothing. And he said, after all these things, do the Gentiles seek. In other words, that's their priority. That's what they're vesting their lives in. That's what they treasure. They're completely consumed by that, by that which is temporal. But don't you do that. You focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It proves where our heart is focused. But then let me close with this. And I believe it's 10 minutes still. And that is he leaves us an exhortation and it can be seen in the last part of verse 33 where he says he says Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. <coughs> these things, food, water, and clothing shall be added unto you. And I want to say there's three contributing factors there to this exhortation that he gives us. Uh, that, that, that if you and I take care of God's business, he'll take care of ours. If you and I prioritize God's business, he will take care and prioritize our needs. That's right. <laughs> and I'll tell you the reason why. Number one, we are the Father's priority. I don't have time to dig into all this. I wish I did. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's got some meat in it. I love what he says, verse 26, behold the fowls of the air. And verse number 28, consider the lilies of the field. And I don't have time to read those and go through that, but here's essentially what he's saying. If I feed the fowls of the air, do you think I'm going to let you starve? And in essence, here's what he's saying. Don't you know you mean more to me than the birds? <laughs> I got news for you. Climate change is not the priority of God. But I'll tell you what is the priority of God. Those that invest themselves in him. He is their priority. You mean more to me than the birds of the air. 
Well, what about the lilies of the field? He said, they're so beautiful that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And yet, your heavenly Father takes care of them. And if he takes care of them, mm-hmm. don't you know? Read those verses. Yeah. <coughs> he's going to take care of you. In essence, here's what he's saying. Don't you know you mean more to me than the birds and the flowers? Right. You and I are his priority. Amen. You and I have his perception. There in verse 32, he said, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And then I love what he said, Larry. He said, don't you know your heavenly Father already knows what you need? Amen. Amen. He already knows. Brother, there's not a spell that falls to the ground that he doesn't know. There's not a hell in our head that's not numbered, glory to God. He already knows. You know what he's waiting for us to do? He's waiting for us to ask him. That's why he said in chapter 7 and verses 9, 8 and 9, he said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those that ask him? But we have the Father's promise. (laughs) You seek me first. You vest in me. You prioritize my kingdom, Mm -hmm. that which is eternal. And I'm going to take all these menial things, food, water, clothing, and I'm going to add it to you. I'll close with this. And I went into this when I when we transitioned, Joni and I transitioned together. I thank God for my wife. When the Lord began to deal with my heart about this ministry, and I knew that I would no longer be getting a paycheck every week. And my church took good care of me. Our church did. I wasn't so worried about that for me as much as I was for her. My wife's been a jewel. She's probably the best Christian I know. I get convicted living with her. And I went to her and I said, Joni, this is what God's leading me. You know what she said to me? God has called you. And what he wants me to do is follow you. My Amen. That's right. And wherever you go, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to go. And I can't tell you how many times God has dropped it in our lap, what we needed. And she looked at me and she said, Mark, sometimes I can't believe it. She said, I just stand at the maze the way God blesses faith. Amen. Amen. And that's really what it all comes down to. May the Lord bless you. I love you tonight. I pray that these meager instructions tonight might help you and I as we go into 2024 to know better how the Lord wants us to live our lives. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, Brother Larry's going to come, and I'm going to ask all of us to come to the altar tonight. We're going to pray this new year in, as our pastor has told us. And Brother Larry, you come and give us the instructions. Let's come to the altar, church, and find your way down here anywhere that you can just bow your heart and bow your head. If you feel led to pray out loud tonight, you please do that. And uh, 
and I'll be the last one to pray tonight, and I encourage you here tonight, whomever you may be, that if you would pray out loud, hallelujah, amen, if you pray silently, let's just be praying tonight as the new year hits. It is 11.56, and so with the help of the Lord, we'll be praying Deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me. His grace reaches me. 